today, I am just really, I'm always excited about a message, but um, I feel overly, overly excited about this. Rudeness, it's a choice. It's a choice because I believe this is going to help us all. This will help us in our everyday life. Our scripture for the year, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Are you ready? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Praise God. I looked up rude or rudeness in the dictionary. It's offensively impolite or ill-mannered. Rude describes a type of behavior that isn't appropriate and usually isn't very nice. But there's two things about being rude. It says, I failed to meet one of your expectations about behavior or etiquette. And the second one is, I have no reasonable excuse for my failure, therefore I'm considered rude. And there's ever been a time in my lifetime that the world seems to be more rude than ever before it's today I mean everybody it seems like I don't think you can go through a whole week of your life without somebody being rude to you okay maybe you don't go to the same places I go to but uh, it just seems like uh, it's just easy for people to be rude and uh, uh I mean, I, I've opened the door, you know, I saw somebody coming, not close by, I mean, like from here to the wall, so I'm waiting, holding the door open for a total stranger, and they just walked right on through. And my expectation is to say, thank you so much. Cricket, 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 I mean, nothing. And so there's just something inside of me that just goes, hmm, that was rude, that was very rude. Uh, but I know this. I mean, people, I know things going on. I, I've bought coffee. I've bought things for people, and you, they don't say thank you. And there's something that, you know, that's just inside you. But this is what the Lord's teaching me, and I believe he's going to teach all of us. And this is going to help us be happier in a rude world. Amen. Uh, first of all, we don't know what people are thinking or what they're going through. I heard a story where there was a man, I think he was a doctor, he, he just got word that his mother had passed away. And somebody was holding the door open, and he was looking at his text right as he got that, and he just walked right through, and he didn't say thank you or anything. And the person holding the door said, uh, well, you're welcome. And, you know, and he just, he didn't respond or anything. He was just broken on the inside. But my point is, there's times that you just don't have a clue what people are going through. Amen? There's times that people, they don't have the same beliefs. They don't have the same views as you and I do. Obviously, what's going on in our world, I, I, I believe that, our world has been more divided now than probably, probably since the Civil War, or maybe even more so. We are so divided, and so everybody has a different belief, a different view. And, uh, and then there's some people that just honestly don't care, that don't care that you held the door open for them or that you let them in, you know, to, while you were driving or, um, 
you let them get in line in front of There's just people, let's just be honest. There's some people that just don't give a rip. They don't. And uh, so what do we do? I do know everybody's fighting a battle that we know nothing about. And, but this is what the enemy wants to happen. And that is rudeness begets rudeness. When somebody's rude to you or rude to me, it's like a virus or a pandemic. <laughs> it just causes you to be rude back. Hey, next time don't let the door hit you on the backside. Huh? May mosquitoes fly up your nose when you go to bed tonight. You know, you just think, you may not say that, but we're all thinking things like that and even worse that should not be said in public. But... You're thinking of things, and it causes you to want to be rude back, and sometimes we are rude back. I know you're looking all dressed up and nice and holy out there, but rude actions tend to trigger rude responses, creating this big negative spiral, and it just keeps going down and going down, and in the negative culture that we live in today, it's real easy to grab hold of that. And so uh, uh, I know that we tend to meditate about our rude uh, interactions with people. I don't know about you, but it's easy for me to when somebody's been really rude to me that I rehearse it over with my friends, my family, my loved ones, perfectly strangers in line at a grocery store. I mean, you just rehearse it and you go, can you believe somebody did this? And can you believe that? And and then it just festers up and it creates anger, a little bit of anger in you, doesn't it? When people are rude to you, doesn't it create anger? I mean, I can tell you how many centimeters I can get from somebody's bumper when they've been rude to me. I can do that. As a FedEx driver, I can get pretty close. I can get pretty... I've told this story before. I'm not proud of it. But when I was working at FedEx... Uh, you know, you're counting seconds. You're counting seconds. And this person was coming out of a business crossing, uh, you know, the, the parking lot where, you know, where you're supposed to drive through on the front of the road. And uh, they just looked at me as I was coming, kind of, you know, regular speed or whatever, and they just kind of just did this <laughs> and looked at me. I sped up, and you know, I know, I've driven enough that I know where the mirrors, how far they're out, the tires, where they're at and everything. I probably, this is not, do not do this at home. This was years ago when all my brain synapses have not totally connected. But I sped up probably at about 40 miles an hour, and I guarantee you my mirror missed his backside probably three, four, five inches. Scared to snot out of him. I looked in my rearview mirror and, yeah, I got your attention. You just thought you were slowing me down. But anyway, that, that ate at me. It did nothing. He would probably was ticked, but he forgot about it. That ate at me my whole eight-hour shift, 10, 12-hour shift, whatever I was working that day. This is what I want us to learn so that doesn't happen to us. Are you out there? Because it will eat at you. It will ruin your day. And we're offended 
because of such interactions, it, it feels like it's a, an attack on part of our identity. I dare you. I dare you to do Why? I can't believe that. So meditating on this rudeness can affect, listen to me, it affects your health and well-being. It affects your joy level, your peace level. It affects you. So do we really want that to happen? I'm here to tell your heavenly father wants this to stop. Are you hearing me? It's for your benefit and our benefit that we do not take offense to these things. It's the will of God that we keep our joy, that we keep our peace, no matter what or how people respond to you and to me. So, listen, this will help you in your married life, too. I don't know. There's times in our married life that we say things that could be rude to one another. If you've been married more than six hours, that's probably happened to you. But then it's, what what are you going to do about this? I've done such a terrible job at this. I mean, if you just hold on to it and let it fester, thou shalt come out eventually. It will. And it's not pretty. It's not pretty. Is it? It's just not pretty. It's just like a pressure cooker. After a while, it's going to blow. So you need to talk, first of all, to God about it. Second of all, you need to talk to your spouse about it. Somebody has to break the cycle. But, um, and then there's people who just say, well, I just don't want to be around people because people are so rude. How's that working for you? I just don't like being around people. I just wish I could be a hermit. I wish I could just be, you know, in a cave with nobody there. I was thinking about this. (laughs) You know, after a while, you know, you're a pastor, you just say, you know what? It would be nice if I just wouldn't have to be around people. And the Lord says, you know what? A pastor and people, they kind of go together. Proverbs 14.4, the Lord spoke this to my heart this week. Proverbs 14.4, this is the living Bible. It says this, an empty stable stays clean, but there's no income from an empty stable. In other words, if you have an ox or, uh, you know, this back in agricultural times when it took an ox in the stable to plow the fields and so you could produce crops. So in other words... If it was empty, you're not going to have any crops. But guess what? You have a clean pen. You have a clean barn. But if you do have an ox in your barn, you're going to have a lot of poop to deal with. Listen to the the New King James says, Where no oxen are, the trough is clean. But much increase comes by the strength of an ox. Increase comes... By the strength of an ox. And the Lord says, when you have people in your life, increase will come because you have people and relationships that tied or that are tied together, hearts are tied together. Increase comes because of relationships. But this is the problem. Just like the ox, the Lord told me, He says, You got poop to deal with. <laughs> You're gonna have poop to deal with when you have strength of the people in your life. Are you hearing me? There's things that you're going to have to deal with. But don't let these negative things, don't let people's rudeness, don't take it such offensively that you, it, it just makes you want to stop. So I put down three things that may help us all, all right? These are three things. You can take a picture of this, you can, or if you're, you can really write fast. 
Number one is that we, all of us need to realize that people are different. That sounds simple. But we tend to think that people should think just like us. They don't. People don't think like you. So, you need to understand that people are different. Our views, our perceptions of the world are subjective. What's normal for you and what's normal for me, they're different. They're different. And and just because they are different, I'm different, doesn't mean that I'm better than you or that you are better than me because of that. Period. Number two, learn to be comfortable with not knowing why they were rude. You know, there's sometimes I just think, oh, there's they're somebody that's flying through traffic, you know, and cutting in and out. He's either an ex-FedEx guy or maybe he's really just in, in, in a hurry. Something, he's got a doctor's appointment. He's got to pick up his wife at the airport. I could have done that yesterday. But, I mean, there's just things that you don't know what's going on in their life. And so you go, I don't know why they were so rude or how, why they responded. Be okay with not knowing. Be okay with that. Like the guy holding the door. And the guy, he found out that his mother passed away. They never knew. He didn't turn around and say, hey, my mother just passed away. Chill out. So, I don't know why they responded that way. I don't know. And be okay with that. Be okay with that. Number three. Take pride in what you put in and not what you take out. In other words, behaving kindly is the right thing to do, period. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have Jesus inside of you. Do you think he was ever done wrong to you? You read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you're the son of God, come off the cross. You're God, do this. You're God, do that. People were very rude to him. Is it a kind thing to hold the door open for somebody? Of course it is. Is it kind to let to slow down when somebody's got their blinker on? To let them over? Is it a kind thing to do that? Of course it is. So why do we let these kind deeds turn into anger? We let it turn into anger. We did something kind, and our kindness all of a sudden... It changes our kindness, and then we get angry. Well, why do we torture ourselves like that? This is what I'm getting at. When we associate our kind deed with anger, we tend to be tempted to not be kind the next time. And that's what's going on on this planet right now today. There's very, I mean, in my 62 years, 20, 30 years ago, people who were even heathen and didn't even believe in God were somewhat considerate and kind now we have a hard time even in church for kindness to rise up we do we do behaving kindly is the right thing to do so just remember when you hold the door open or when you do something kind to somebody do it because that's the right thing to do And if you are the one that has been rude, which I have, I've been rude to people. I've been rude to my wife. I've been rude to my kids, you know. Apologize. Let people know that you're sorry. Showing that you are offended is a choice. 
showing that somebody is rude to you, so you are offended, and you want them to know that you're offended. That's a choice. But if you want them to know that you are offended, that is a pure, poor choice. You should be able to talk to them. If it's your spouse, I'm not saying you shouldn't let them know. You let them know. But you know, I'm sure you didn't realize this, but this is how I felt when you did that or when you said that. That's a way to do it. Instead of roll up the sleeves and go, okay, here we go. Round one. I'm going to be rude back to you. No, that's not how God wants us to do this. That is not how God wants us to do this. So, and I do know this. We tend to be more forgiving of ourselves uh, than other people. Or, you know, we will cut ourselves slack more than you will cut somebody else slack. Now, you don't like to probably admit that, but it's true. Cricket, cricket. It's easy to, like... Well, the reason I did that is because fill in the blank. You have a good excuse or a reason the way that you did that. But if somebody else did that, we don't have a tendency to cut them slack. But the moment, listen to this. I wrote this down. This is ought to be on my refrigerator. The moment that we start being kind without caring what kind of response we get, the moment that we start being kind without caring of what kind of response we get, the world be- will become a better place to live. And this is what God wants for you and me. He wants this. He wants a world that it's good for you and me. Because let's just face it, it, it do you think that within a few months, even a few years, you think people are going to start being more kinder? And, and, and it's possible that they will become more kind. But I guarantee you, until Jesus comes back, there will still be rudeness on this planet. <laughs> oh. Are we all on the same page? Does everybody agree with that? I just want to make sure you may live in a different planet than I live in. But I believe that people are going to be rude until the day that I die or Jesus comes back. One of the two. People are going to be rude to me. So how do we deal with that? You have a choice. Either be rude back, which that's the real easy. Your flesh will go, come on, yeah. Or you can deal with it the way that I'm talking about, the way that God has given you and me. The Lord just said this to me. I'll tell you, this is so good. I was praying about this message. And so I was walking around in here. I walk when I pray. I probably got a trail. But anyway, I had my phone, and so I started speaking. Siri started dictating for me because I felt like the Lord was speaking to me. And this is what I got. Are you ready? It says, if we spent more time looking in the mirror of our heart like we do in the mirror for our flesh to make it look good, we would get along better with people. And by that, the Lord says, God, he wants to reveal selfishness and pride inside of us, not to condemn us but so that we can have better relationships. You've never seen your face. Did you know you, you've seen a reflection of your face, but you have never seen your face. I've seen your face, but you've never seen your face. And the Lord spoke this to me, and he said, 
There are things, Mike, that you've never seen about yourself that only I can reveal. But this is why I want to reveal it to you, Mike. In the scripture, Titus 2.11 came to me. Titus tells us that grace will give you the power to say no to the things that you have hidden in your heart that are not good. In other words, oh, you're so selfish. Grace will say, that's not how I see you. Oh, you can even go in the fleshly realm. Oh, you're not very pretty. Oh, you're fat or you're ugly. The grace of God inside of you, if you will let God allow that, he will say, that's not true. It's not true. I'm not very smart. The grace of God will say, say no to that. Listen to me. The grace of God wants you to say no to those negative things that you and I meditate on and we put them in our heart. The grace of God says, say no to that, Mike. You're meditating on this and you're going down this path. I'm telling you, I've given you the power and the grace of God to say no to that, Mike. Titus 2.11 says this, the Passion Translation. God's marvelous grace has manifested in person, bringing salvation for everyone. This same grace teaches us how to live each day as we turn our backs on ungodliness. Listen to me. He said the grace of God will teach you to turn your back on rudeness and offense. Man. That'll help you. I don't know, but it helps me. He says, the grace of God will teach you how to live each day as we turn our back on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles. And it equips us to live a self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. The grace of God will give you self-control to be able to say, nope, I'm not going to get rude back. I refuse to get rude back. I refuse to take offense to that. I know it's easy for me. And listen, let me just be perfectly clear. I'm still working on this, just so in case somebody said, well, you preached last Sunday. Yes, I did. (laughs) But I will say this. I'm better at it today than I was six weeks ago, six months ago. Am I perfect? No, but I'm telling you what, the grace of God is exploding on the inside of me to be able to tell me, Mike, you don't have to take that offense. Say no to it. The power of God. It says we have to look at our faults and our shortcomings in the light of God's grace. Instead of going, man, I'm just so stinking bad. Or you get depressed about because how you, man, I've gotten depressed because how I responded to somebody as a pastor. I mean, I don't even remember this probably about. Ten years ago, there was a couple in our living room. We were counseling them, marriage counseling. I look back on that. Boy, did I just really, I really sucked at that one. There's been times that I've given revelation, love, and man, I just walked away and went, wow, God really blessed them. And there's other times I went to there and I went, dear Lord in heaven, God, why didn't you just send an angel to put his hand over my mouth or just say, Shut up, please. He didn't do that. I've said something. And then you look, after that, you just think, why are you still a pastor, Mike? 
Why are you still doing this? And this is what the enemy wants you to do. And God says, Mike, you can't do that. You need to say no to your past. You need to say no how you responded to that person. You need to say no to these things. Why? Because I'm going to take you on. Psalms 40, 1 through 3. Don't, I didn't pull it up. Read it in the Passion Translation. 1 through 3. 1 through 4. Psalms 40, 1 through 4. It says this. He pulled me out of a pit. And he set me up on a rock, and he took me on an ascending path. Ascending path. There you go. He steadied me while I walk along his ascending path. That means you're always going up. God is always taking you by the hand and saying, we're going up, Mike. But when you and I, when you and I look at our past or we look at our faults or whatever, it tends us to put us back in the pit and tends us to stop us from going up. It tends for us to just get a hold of offense and, and all of this rudeness and all this negativity on the planet. And it tends to stop us from God won't pull and drag you. But it tends for us to stop on that ascending path. And the Lord will just wait for you. He's so gracious. He says, Mike, are you done? Are you through? Yeah, I think I'm done with that. Okay, let's go. And the ascending path is never ending. He's so good. He's so kind. And he is patient with your rudeness. He's patient with your unkindness. But God wants your world to be better. And the moment that we start being kind without caring what kind of response people do, your world's going to start getting better. So, and let me just say this, a simple smile when people are rude back, just not one of those, sar- I've given the sarcastic smile. Like, <laughs> yeah. Read my face. I know we've all done that. But that's not what God wants. It, you know, you just a loving Jesus kind of smile. Well, Titus will embolden you to understand that the grace of God will tell you no, no to the things that are not good for you. We have to look at our faults and shortcomings in his light. Because if you don't, you will feel condemned over how you responded. You will feel guilty. And listen to me. This is vitally important. God does not want you to ever feel guilty or condemned, ever. And I know that goes against some Christian theology, but I'm here to tell you it's the will of God. He never wants you to feel guilty. Why? Because you're not going up the ascending path. You won't feel worthy. You'll just say, no, I can't go up, Lord. Did you see? I know you saw what I did. I know how you saw how I responded. I just can't do it. Guilt and condemnation will cause you to stop in your tracks. Or jump back down in the pit. Fight it. Say no to it. Say no to those things. You have the power of God inside of you to say no to everything that is not of God. And most of the time we think that and we read that, it's no to the sin. No to the big sins. It's no to the very ugly thoughts about yourself is what you're supposed to say no to as well. And then we have our ego to deal with. That's a whole other message, but, you know, there's sometimes, let's just be honest. There's sometimes that people say things and we get angry because deep down inside there may be a little bit of truth of what they said. 
maybe a little bit of truth what they said. So that causes you to get even more angry. Romans 12, 2. Stop imitating the ideas, the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Wow. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Most people think that you have to get to heaven before you're perfect in his eyes. No. He wants you to see yourself as perfect in his eyes today. Some of you are thinking right now, well, that's just impossible. Really? So let's just throw away that Bible or get a black marker and scratch out that, that verse. But there'll be a lot of places that you'll have to scratch out the verse because God sees you perfect in his eyes. You have to say no to any imperfection. You say, well, this is the real Mike. No, it's not. I did do that, but I am not that. I did it, but I'm not that. Just because you sin does not, you should not call yourself or think that I'm a sinner. No, you're not. You're the righteousness of God who sinned, but you are the righteousness of God. So, which world are you going to imitate? It says, stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture of the world. Which one are you going to imitate? And then, real quick, you know, our, I believe our whole idea of surrendering to God is all wrong. Ooh, we just need to surrender to God. I surrender all. Remember that old song? Let me sing the first verse. Okay. Anyway, our idea, that was my daughter who said that, she knows. But anyway, our idea of surrender is wrong. In other words, I give up reason and logic. I give up money. I give up uh, all of the things in life to become a doormat for others. That's what religion will teach you. It's good for me to lose in life. It's good for me to suffer in life. And then it takes it a step further. It's good for me to be sick in life because and poor because it will teach me more. Well, then the, I'm telling you what, where Melody was at in Africa, they should be the smartest intelligent beings on the planet. Well, I read this quote by Mel Wilde, and I thought, this is it. Are you ready? Surrender in the kingdom paradigm means exchanging. Exchanging. I exchange my reasoning and wisdom for God's reasoning and wisdom. I lose my life to gain his life. I give up my economy to gain access to God's economy. I surrender my power to walk in his power. I surrender my victories in order to walk in his victory. I give up my freedom in exchange for his freedom. I let go of things in order to have all things in him. That's surrender. That is true surrender. That's the victorious surrender that our Lord Jesus and our Father God want us all to have. That's true surrender. Instead of the religious surrender that we've all probably been taught and tried to even acclimate to and just tried to make sure our life goes to that. How's that been working for you? In other words, we need to die to live, 
Lose to gain, become weak to become strong, surrender to achieve victory God's way and with God's mentality. One last scripture, Luke 9, 24. For if you choose self-sacrifice, giving up your lives for my glory, you will embark on a discovery of more and more of true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will lose what you try to keep. Even if you gained all the wealth and the power of this world, everything it could offer you, Yet lose your soul in the process. What good is that? The bottom line is this. We don't need to take it personally when people are rude to us. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about me. What does God want? Everybody's fighting a battle. Everybody, You don't know what's going on. And I know, yeah, there are some people that are going to just be true jerks and that will... Just flat out, there's no reason to be okay with that. Be okay with that. I remember the Lord taught me this. I was behind some pickup truck and it had vulgar profanity in these rated X decals on the truck. And I went, that is unreal. I can't, Lord, look at this. God, I mean, whoa, just saw that. And the, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, He doesn't know me. What do you expect for him to have? Jesus loves you sticker on the back? Mike, he knows nothing about me. That's normal. Get over it, Mike. He says, this is what I want you to do when you see things like that. Instead of, listen to me, instead of judging and condemning them, I want you to pray that their eyes will be open to see how much I love them. Isn't that a lot better? Oh, you filthy heathen, you're going to hell. And then when you pass him, you go, (laughs) really, you stink, you suck at life. It's not what God wants. He wants you to say, Lord, show them how much you love them. Show them that you came and died for them. Show them the love of God. May it manifest in his life today. May the blessings of God overtake him and the goodness of God overtake him so much that he will be astounded of who Jesus is. And then when you pass him, you go, you give him the old, I know you don't know this, but Jesus loves you so much. Oh, my goodness, he loves you much. It's all about how we're thinking. Amen. All right. Let's all stand. So, I think we can work on this. Someone will probably be, you know, people will quit our church because they got offended or somebody was rude. They quit church. They quit church because, you know, and I wish I could say, in this church, no one will ever be rude or offend you. I can't say that. I may be the one who does it. I may be. Not intentionally. But if, you, if you've been here more, if this is your first Sunday, I haven't yet, but just hang on. But this is the decision you have to make. I believe people have been offended and been mistreated and jumped off the, the road to where God has destined them to be. They've let rudeness and offense stop them from their ascending path. I don't know about you, but I'm refusing that. 
I am not going to allow somebody else to slow me down or stop because they were rude to me, they offended me, or they wrote some letter to me or email or put something on Facebook and, you know, you call yourself a pastor. I was so thankful for Pastor Appreciation Day. This means a ton to me. It really does, and to Melody. It does. Because there's some people that have not been so kind. <laughs> you know, like... We've had pages written in our Google ad. It was so bad. You know, Google's, I think I'm fair to say, it's not a Christian organization. But when uh, Danielle reported it, I mean, it was page after page. Somebody came to our church and took notes, not of my message, of everything they disliked. And Google, you, you know, once it's on there, Google doesn't take it off because, you know, it's their opinion. They took that one off. Because they, they said, well, we really feel like this was unfair, you know, obviously. And I went, wow. So, but this is the thing. We can't let things like that slow us down on God's ascending path. I don't know about you, but I've hung on to some things that I shouldn't have. That affected me physically. That affected me mentally. Let's stop it. Let's just stop that. You may not be, you know, batting 100% next week or next month. But because of this message, my goal is for all of us to rethink this and be able to say, no, I know they were rude. I'm going to be, I'm going to go out of my way to be nice to 10 people today. I'm going to go out of my way. And if all 10 do not respond like I feel like they should, I'm going to do my best to do 20 tomorrow. I'm going to just show the devil. I'm going to show the world that I am nice. You in spots and everything nice. I am. And it's because of the love of God in me. And his grace in me will overcome every rudeness, every offense. That the devil comes. Where sin does abound. Where rudeness abounds. Where offense abounds. Grace does much more abound. So I'm not going to lose this battle, and neither are you. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your goodness, for your grace, for your loving kindness, that you're helping everybody who hears this message, Lord, even in the future, even years from now, that when they hear this, it will cause their whole attitude to change towards people. It will cause them to love people and to be more kind to people, no matter how they were offended, no matter how rude somebody was them. God, the love of God is going to pour out of this church. That they may know that we're disciples of Jesus because of our love for one another. That we will not be a people that condemn or make feel guilty. We will be a people that shows the love of God. I know we're not perfect at it, God, but I believe with this word that you're going to help us just to be better at it because you want us all to be happy. You want the joy of the Lord to spring out of us. And so because of that, we're going to be a people that is less offended and less rude. In Jesus' name, amen.